Hey everyone, welcome back to It Pays to Fear God. I'm your friend and weather one normering. We are going to be talking about the subject, which life do you seek? Once again, which life do you seek? So the Bible is very clear on the fact that as Christians, we should seek eternal life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Christ stated, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Of course, the kingdom of God is what leads to eternal life, so that's the connection. Christ also stated in John chapter 6, verse 27, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. However, what a lot of people, including Christians, do is, instead of seeking eternal life, what they seek instead is this life. And we'll get to know what I mean by this life in this video, but they tend to place more value on this life than on eternal life. And in the end, what happens is they continue to desire and seek this life, and then they forget about what God Almighty has promised. You'll be able to see that if you really look into many Christians' lives, even if they go to church every Sunday and read the Bible every morning, you can see that their focus is about things that they see with their eyes and how they want to catch up with what's going on in the world. So basically, what I want to talk about in this video is, what is this life? Because I'm going to be using that term a lot, and Christ mentioned things like cares of this life. So what is this life? And why should we seek eternal life instead of this life? And how do we go about doing that? That's going to be the focus of this video. So, to understand what I mean by this life, I'm going to divide it into some categories of things that belong to this world, and of course, this world only, that people tend to be attracted by, things that are appealing. One thing that makes a lot of people seek this life instead of eternal life is competition. That is, everybody is engaged in trying to get ahead of other people, make sure that they're on top and no one else is above them and so on. You're able to see this individually, everybody competing for promotions and so on. You'll be able to see this in companies and businesses, people wanting monopolies over a certain type of market. You can see this in nations like the space race between the United States and the Soviet Union where there's all kinds of competition and so on. So you can see it in different levels. And the thing about competition is the fact that it tends to take your heart because you get so involved in trying to beat other people at certain things. And usually it becomes a huge distraction to doing the will of God. And it creates envy and all other kinds of bad stuff. That's why Paul said, let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. But if we look around, we'll be able to see that such ambitions and competitions are really big and they tend to attract people's hearts. Another reason why this world seems to be very attractive to many people is innovation. You see, especially in the last 100 years, this world never seems to be the same. It's always changing. It's from television to the internet. It's fashion, for example, keeps on changing as the decades go on. Technology in the last 20 years, there have been countless innovations. Because the whole point is that this world continues to be new all the time. So that people's hearts continue to be sucked in by things that are happening in the world. 
as King Solomon put it, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29. So all the new technologies and new stuff that are constantly being invented tend to attract people's hearts. And because of that, they begin to seek after all those inventions instead of focusing on spiritual things. Then another really important thing is the concept of status or wealth. You see, this world is built around money. When you have money, you get a lot of things, a lot of advantages. Apart from being able to buy a lot of different things, you tend to get respect, honor, glory, praise, influence, power, and authority, and many other things. Essentially, you are kind of on top of the world. If you look at people like Elon Musk, especially now, Bill Gates, and so on, you can see that they're very high because they have a lot of money. Money tends to bring a lot of things to you. And what ends up happening is that if you seek after that, or if you have such things, it tends to build this world for yourself. As uh, King Solomon described it, the rich man's wealth is a strong city and has a high wall in his own conceit, according to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 11. And because of the world it creates for you, with all the respect and the honor and the glory and the power and so on, you tend to want to continue seeking that instead of seeking after God. And let me give you a really good example of this. There's that famous story of that rich man who came to Jesus Christ asking, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus Christ told him, you know the drill, the Ten Commandments, things like don't covet, don't steal, and so on. And then the guy said, I mean, I've been doing all this from my youth up, so what now do I lack? And Christ said, ah, okay, I know what you lack. Sell all your possessions, give them out to the poor, and come follow me, and you will have treasures in heaven. And guess what? The guy rejected it because he had many possessions. He went away sorrowful. He wasn't happy about the fact that he had to give away all that. There's a reason why he didn't give away all this stuff. It's not because he didn't think that what Christ was giving away was valuable. He knew that Christ was a holy man, so that kind of offer was special. But he couldn't give away all the other stuff that he had because he sought this life. The honor and the glory and so on that comes from wealth, that was what he really wanted. That was what he really desired from his heart. So now that he got that from all the money he had, he couldn't just give that all away for eternal life or for what Christ was offering him. You can see here that we tend to place value on something. It's rather we place value on eternal life or we place value on this life. That rich man placed value on this life. And so what Christ was offering him Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get it. If you also look at the stories of Gehazi and Achan in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 20 to 27, and Joshua chapter 7, respectively, you'll be able to see that they felt the same way that a rich man did. Now, they were not rich people, but you can see that any opportunity they had, even if it was against God's will, to try to get money so that they could prop themselves up and get the things of this life, this world, they went after it. For example, the story of Gehazi. Elisha dismissed the gifts of Naaman because he wanted everyone to see it as a gift of God rather than something he personally did himself. And Naaman went away like that. But 
Gehazi couldn't see all that money go away because of what money could do. The kind of glory and respect and influence and uh, honor that money would bring. He wanted that for himself. And so he ran after the money. If you also look at Achan and Joshua chapter 7, you'll be able to see that Joshua told the people that they could not take anything from Jericho because God did not like what was there. It was accursed. However, because Achan saw a Babylonian garment and gold and silver, which he knew were valuable, he coveted them and hid them. So the point I want to make is the fact that things like money, status, competition, innovation, they tend to be attractive to people. They tend to take people's hearts because they're meant to be appealing. And if you look at the story of the Garden of Eden, many people tend to overlook these kinds of things. But that was exactly what Satan the devil was selling to Adam and Eve. Now, the story is not like a huge story, but if you look deep enough, you'll be able to see that Satan was trying to tell Eve that, why bother continuing to obey God when you can just taste the apple? See, Satan is interested in now. He doesn't want us to seek eternal life because he knows that he's not going to be there and that's not his will. So what he wants is, he wants us to buy into now. He wants us to seek pleasures of now and forget about what might happen in the future. That was what he was trying to tell Eve and Eve bought into that idea. She wanted to taste that fruit and really feel it because... She was attracted by Satan's description of it. And so she forsook what God Almighty had, which was essentially an eternal relationship where they would live in peace and so on. She decided to give all of that up. So we've used different things to try to understand what this life is. There are many other things that fit into this. Meeting standards is another one. What Christ described as cares of this life in Luke chapter 21, verse 34. How will I do this? How will I do that? How will I drive what other people are driving? How will I live in the houses that other people are living and so on? How will I have the same lifestyles that other people have? Another is praise of men. That is, what do people think about me? Does society like me? We're trying to fashion our lives in such a way that everybody can like us, that society can praise us. We want to blend in with what everyone else does. If we look at the Pharisees, you can see that they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God, them and the chief rulers. According to John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43, they loved the rabbi, rabbi that they were given in the streets where they would walk in their beautiful long robes and they would carry themselves like kings. That was what they wanted. And that was what they got. They sought this life instead of eternal life, which Christ was offering for those who followed him. So, but now we want to find out, okay, this is how we seek this life. How do we seek eternal life? One important thing about eternal life is the fact that it's future. People don't live eternally now, but people will in the future by God's grace. So if we want to seek something that hasn't yet come, something that's in the future, something that's beyond this environment in that sense, because it's a completely different world that will be where eternal life will happen, then we have to look beyond the physical things that we see with our eyes. Things like competition, innovation, praise of men. We have to see beyond that and place value on the world to come. Now, what's so special about the world to come that we should seek it? In the world to come, there will be no war. 
There will be no conflict. There will be no competition that causes all the strife that we see in the world. According to Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 5. There will be no death, according to Hosea chapter 13, verse 14. There will be no sickness, according to Isaiah chapter 33, verse 24. There will be complete peace, happiness, and righteousness, according to Isaiah chapter 32, verses 17 and 18, and Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Everyone will live in harmony and unity because everyone in that world will believe in God Almighty. They will be like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, according to Matthew chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. There will be no more pain or sorrow or injustice or anything like that that we see plaguing the world today. There will be no such thing because it is Christ who will be in complete control of everything that goes on in that world in the future. And we're seeing the building blocks of that in our time, according to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, and so on. But what I want to emphasize is the fact that the Bible has described what eternal life is going to be like. And if we believe in that, if we see that as better than the life that we see in our time now, then we begin to place value on that. We begin to see that as better, as more important, and then we begin to seek it by sacrificing what it would have been like to seek this world, compete with other people, and so on, we begin to forsake all those ambitions, all those desires and all that, because we're looking for something better. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 10, and verses 13 to 16, you can see that the writer of the Hebrew account described how Abraham sought something better. He sought a better country, as it was put there, because he wasn't satisfied with what was around him. No, God Almighty promised him something better. And that was what he was interested in. Another good example is Moses because of the way the writer of the Hebrew account described it. He talked about how Moses forsook the riches and treasures of Egypt and what it would have been like for him to be an Egyptian prince and all that. He forsook that because he thought it better to suffer with the people of God and gain the true riches of Christ. Let's consider what he said in that text. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ of greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. We're talking about how we place value on eternal life. Moses had respect onto the recompense of the reward. He placed value on what God Almighty was doing. And as a result, forgot about what he left behind. Paul offered a similar description on his own life about how he forsook the things of the past, his former life of being a Pharisee and all the glory that came with that, so that he could seek the future. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, and verses 12 to 14, he described this. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. From verse 12 he said, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I might apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. 
Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Once again, Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, and verses 12 to 14. You can see how if we seek eternal life, as people like Paul and Abraham and Moses did, they sought something better we begin to place value on that, and as we do so, we begin to put more of our energy into seeking that. For example, trying to study the scriptures to gain the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God is like money, you know? Just as how you can't really advance in this world if you don't have cash. Similarly, the wisdom of God is like that if we want to gain eternal life. That's why King Solomon said that we have to seek it like others do from money. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1, 4, 5, and 6, he said, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for her treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. God also said through King Solomon, Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. The wisdom of God, if by God's grace we're able to gain it in full, will help us to get eternal life, as it will guide us through the challenges of life. According to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 10 to 12, and chapter 3, verses 21 to 23 which is why we should pray for it if we don't have it. According to James chapter 1, verse 5, the Holy Spirit is like that too. It will give us strength to be able to do the will of God, which is why we should also ask God for it. According to Luke chapter 11, verse 13. The final example I want to give is Jesus Christ. If we look at Matthew chapter 4, from verse 8 to 11, you can see that Satan offered him all the kingdoms of the world with the respect and the honor and the power and the glory and the authority and the influence and all the things that come with it. But Christ rejected all of it because he saw something bigger. He saw what God Almighty had for him. And if you read John chapter 18 verse 36, when he was before Pontius Pilate, a governor of this life, he told him the same thing. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom, not from hence. And as we discussed in this channel, that offer that Satan gave to Jesus Christ was nothing because in our time, Jesus Christ is now king and he's in charge of putting Satan's works to an end. According to Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21, and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 24 to 28. That is so much better than being under Satan the devil and ruling over petty worldly kingdoms. Christ is king over the whole universe now because he decided to seek what God Almighty had for him and not glories of this present world. So, the point I want to make with this video or discussion is the fact that we should seek eternal life. We shouldn't seek this ephemeral world, even though it might look glorious with all the money and the fancy vehicles and the big houses that celebrities and so on are living in. We shouldn't see that as the ultimate. We should see beyond that into the future world of eternal glory, peace, and happiness. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, we should seek the things that are not yet, the things that are eternal, and not the things that we see with our eyes. 
that are only temporal. He said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Once again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. And to conclude, Christ advised us in Luke chapter 16, verse 9, that if we want eternal life, if we place value on eternal life through true riches, then we should come to Him and God Almighty, because they're the ones who have it. Just as how if you want money in this world, you need to know the right people, and you need to please them so that you can you know, climb that ladder. If we want eternal life, we should go to the people who have it ready for us, which is God Almighty and Jesus Christ. He said, Make to yourselves friends, that is himself and God Almighty, of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, that is when you die in this world, and all the institutions and the competition and the innovation and the entertainment and all that stuff eventually comes to an end, they may receive you into everlasting habitations, which essentially means you will get eternal life. And that is where I'm going to stop on that subject. Which life do you seek? Now, let us hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing your kingdom to us. Help us to show appreciation for this gift by serving thee actively and faithfully unto the perfect day. And give us wisdom and understanding so that we can know the value of your eternal promises, so that we may seek it with fervor and gladness till the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, have a great day, and God bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.